Hey friends, and welcome to a new episode of the podcast. My name is Phil, and in this episode, I'm going to be answering some more listener questions. I really enjoy this concept of the of the podcast, uh, partly because I like to engage with you all listening. So feel free to, after this or during this, pausing it, whatever you want to do, um, send me a question. You can do so by going to at Vertical Playpen on Instagram, and you can direct message me a question that you would like answered on the podcast. If you want to answer it on the podcast, I would just have you say, podcast question and then write the question otherwise i may just answer it in instagram okay so let's get on to the first question this first question is i struggle with learning names how do you learn the names of your participants in a short program so this feels specific to the the size of the program which i also agree can be a challenge I'm going to imagine that by short, we maybe mean a day. If it was multi-day, that obviously becomes much easier because you just spend the more intentional time just chatting during lunches and just listening and picking up on names. And to be honest, that's how I tend to do it in a longer form. If it was a longer program, I don't actually do many name-based activities because I prefer it to be a little bit more organic. Um, I'll speak to people as they come. I'll consistently use names and it helps me remember. But I also have to do uh, some one day programming and shorter programming. And so learning names, I do think is a critical thing, especially if you are going to be doing challenge course programming where you've got people at height. There is two components why names might be really important in those moments. The first is that you are able to talk to them and say their name if they do something that you don't want them to do when at height. So names are easily recognizable for people. If you've ever been in the street and someone just randomly said your name and wasn't talking to you, how quickly you respond, oh, who? someone talking to me? Because we hear our names so often. The other part to it is a measure of respect. So if you learn people's names and you respond to them by their name, there is the assumption that you have taken that moment to learn and to try to get their names. And so it does increase respect. And in doing so, leads to them trusting you more when it comes to them maybe trying to challenge themselves. I've referenced this a lot in the podcast. I think it's really a missed opportunity for people to participate if you don't do things to try to build trust and empower them to make decisions to climb. So many moments go missed along the way. I've talked about this with terms of gear storage, uh, first impressions, all of those kind of things, the way that you hold yourself, what harnesses you wear, the language you use, all of these things lead to people climbing more. I don't have an exact case study to say that. I haven't studied it in, in terms of I've tried it without those things and with those things, but over the 15 years I've been doing this, I've found that the more that you engage with the participants, the more you uh, meet them where they're at, the more likely they're going to uh, take that chance or that challenge themselves and probably want to climb more. I don't get that many moments in programming anymore where I have everyone decide they don't want to do it. Names are a critical component in that, right? Learning people's names. 
So there is an asterisk with all of these tips and advice that I give that this is stuff that works for me. And I know that that's not the same as other people that even I work with. So if you were to ask another trainer, you may get a different response. So give this stuff a go. And if it doesn't work for you, continue to experiment and try to find things that work for you. There is a component of this process of becoming a facilitator and doing this more often that you just end up finding the stuff that works best for you and tweaking it every so often. I have tried many, many things and some things have worked and some things have not. So this is a very simple strategy that I think is underutilized and that is name tags. I know that some people who have a hesitancy for name tags don't like the notion of the name tag partly because maybe it takes a little bit of time. People actually aren't learning names. They're just looking and reading, which I do agree. Then that makes it, you know, we're not actually learning. We're just, you're just reading. You're looking down. You're never uh, engaging in eye contact. You're always looking at the chest. Where is the name? Um, and then saying the name. And especially if it's done over and over again. I have m- had moments where I've been at conferences where you're in the name tag that like often hangs a little lower on your body. And all we- and it's so, so clear when people don't know who you are and they look down at your names. And it's fine the first time. But if you've seen that person like three or four times, they consistently go, oh, hello. And then look down, Phil. And it's like, come on. Show a little bit of respect and learn the name. So I do understand that component. But I think in a shorter program, that does solve some of the time that you would have to take up in learning names. I think a mistake that can happen in a shorter program is you spend so long trying to learn the people's names and they may already be an intact group and know each other that they you've not really you're not hitting their goals because their goals were not about learning names. Their goals were about communication and trust and challenge and whatever all their goals might have been. But I have very few programs that come through our door that their goal is about learning names. It might be about connection. And in terms of if they're new people, that's really helpful. And so that there's a, a you know two benefits there. I get to learn it while they to learn it. But if they know each other's names, the name thing is mainly for you. So I think that name tag serves that purpose. They know each other. It's just helpful for you. There's an activity that I learned from Mark Collard um, about name tags that I think can be really helpful. It's about learning more than just their names. So you give them the name tags, you give them some different colored markers, and they can design the name tags. And you can have them draw free images that relate to question prompts. And they can be entirely up to you what they have. It might be like favorite food, favorite movie, those kind of things. And they'll draw an artistic representation of what that is for them. And then you'll go around, you'll go up to and find a partner and you'll have your partner try to see if they can guess what those are based on the images and see how many they get correct. I like this because it reinforces the name tag but gives it a different use and goes a little deeper so it can lead into the connection. And the other benefit is often then often then the names get associated with those um, representations. And so anytime you tie a story into the name, it helps you learn name quicker. So I might remember that this person's favorite food is pizza because they drew a pizza and therefore I might remember their name. So there's a benefit. That's a little added bonus to the name tag principle. But I think that that might also, that could serve you. One activity that I particularly enjoy and I will use a lot if I'm learning names is an activity called me, you, you, me. Now, 
there are a lot there are a couple of benefits to an act to this activity one it reinforces names and it helps me as a facilitator learn names the other is it talks about you can lead in and talking about physical connection because i'm going to be doing handshakes in this activity or high fives or fist bumps or whatever is appropriate for your group so there's that component as well you get to talk to them about eye contact because i like reinforce the idea that when we're doing this, introducing ourselves, we're trying to maintain eye contact. I then will ask the question, who here feels uncomfortable with eye contact? Raise your hands. And then you'll see a lot of people raise their hands. And I say, keep your hands up and everyone look. And so we acknowledge that the difficulties in some of those moments about social connection. But the other reason I do this activity is because it leads into, and I'll, I'll say this up front, that this is activity is also going to lead into our first problem-solving initiative activity as a group. And so what you're doing with this is you're going to learn the names, you're allowing them to practice something that's going to lead into something else. So there's an added benefit to this. And so it doesn't feel as much about, oh, if they know each other, then it's just about you. When you're sequencing activities, that I have two mindsets when I'm choosing activities. One is what it gives the participants, and one is what it gives me as the facilitator. Now, I can be honest sometimes with groups and say, I know that you know each other's names, but I'm going to do this activity as well because I want to learn them. I do mention that from time to time. That's a, a layer you could add if you're nervous about doing a name activity um, with a group that already knows each other. I will add that I won't then do 10 other name activities. If I'm going to do that, I'm, I want to have an additional purpose behind it. I want to quickly mention that we have some available spots in our upcoming Adventure Basics five-day training. So if you want to learn name activities and philosophies that we have in Adventure then please attend our Adventure Basics. It's here at our own site in Brattleboro, Vermont. And the dates are October 19th to October 23rd. So I'm going to put in the description of this episode a link to where you can find more information about this training and any of our other upcoming trainings. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, so how me, you, you, me works is that we stand in a circle and I am going to start by turning to the person to my left. I'm going to face them. I'm going to make eye contact. I'm going to shake their hand. And as I'm shaking their hand, I'm going to first say my name, which is Phil. They will then say their name. And let's say it's Lisa. Lisa will say Lisa. Then I will say Lisa, which is her name. And then she will say mine, which is Phil. So in reality, it will sound like Phil, Lisa, Lisa, Phil. So me, you, you, me. Once I've done that, I move on to the next person in the line, in that circle, to their left, to the left of Lisa. And I would shake their hand. Same thing, Phil. If there's Chris, 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 Phil. There's that interchange. And then I move on to the next person. Now, once I've moved past Chris, then Lisa will follow behind me and begin shaking hands with Chris and so on and so forth until we can kind of bend the circle in until you get back to your original position. Now, the activity isn't done when you're back to your position because people are going to continue to move until they move back to their original position. So you will have shaken everyone's hands twice. 
Once when you initiate by stepping into the center of that circle or inside the circle. And then the second time when you're on the outside of the circle and you are receiving that handshake from somebody in the middle. Now, the benefit for me is that I get to listen to everybody's names. I'll introduce myself to everyone as I go around, but I'm the first person that moves. I'm the first person to get back to my original position. And from that moment on, I can then pay attention to people's names. So if I notice that there's one person, I'm not sure about their name, I will listen and pay attention because that name will be exchanged multiple times. Now, we'll also add the other side benefit of this activity is it's quite funny. Lots of people make mistakes saying the names. It's an awkward experience because you're really close to each other. Constant repetition of names. I'll often make some sort of joke that there's a lot of Phil's in this group because a lot of people came up to me and said their name was Phil. Those kind of moments happen in this activity as well. So great for learning names can create some awkwardness and awkward tension and laughter, which is it's had a benefit because we get to then talk about that, that sensation, that feeling. And then it also leads in to another activity, which I'll detail now. So the activity it leads into for me is an, is an activity I call high five me, high five you. And it's the same principle as what we just experienced, except this time around, instead of exchanging handshakes and names, we just high five. So if I started it, I'd high five Lisa, then I'd high five Chris. Lisa would follow behind me, Chris behind Lisa, and so on until we get back to our original position, knowing that everyone's still coming past to high five us again until they get back to their original position. Now, I will time this and create a base time for the group. I normally step out of this and don't actually um, participate because I want to be timing it. And then I'm going to give them three different rounds, at which point they could try to improve upon their time. Now, these are the parameters that I give the group. One is that they must stay in the same order that they're currently in. So they cannot change the position, the order they're standing in. So it always goes Lisa, Chris, and so on. And that you also have to high five in the order that they just previously high fived in when we did our first base time. Now, this is the part that's more confusing to try to understand, but essentially what this does is it eliminates the potential of you just high-fiving everyone twice in a row. So I couldn't high-five Lisa twice and then Chris twice because that is not the order in which I got the high-fives in that previous round. I, everyone went through first and then everyone went through again. And I now allow the group to problem-solve ways in which they can improve their time, they can practice um, and then let me know when I want to time it. And I give them free attempts to try to get the fastest time possible. Now, if you don't want any spoilers to this activity, you can skip past this next section. But if you want, I can now detail, detail now some ways that I've seen people solve this problem. One is that you don't have to be in a circle. That was not a part of the parameter. So getting into a line is often faster. Uh, people can then run down that line and get to the end. Another way is you could stack your hands over really close to the circle by placing them into the middle and people just swiping their hands around. It's less of a high five and more of a high swipe or a high uh, spread. But um, I let, that, let the group decide if they feel like that is okay to be used or not. Or you could stack your hands in a line from the first higher up all the way to the bottom and they swipe their hands to the bottom of the line. Lots of different ways that people can solve this problem. But for me, it's this is the cliche part, but it's not about the uh, destination, it's about the journey. And I want to see them go through some steps of attempting to try to solve this and get faster and see then I get to reflect upon it. It's normally at this point as well, prior to that initiative, that I may introduce the A, B, C, D, E's of problem solving. And I'll just detail them really quickly. A stands for analyze, which means analyzing and asking questions to determine the problem. 
B is brainstorming, coming up with ideas. C is choosing, choosing one of those ideas. D is the act of actually doing it, so actually trying it. And then E is evaluation, what worked and what didn't in a previous attempt and what can we change again for the future. I'm going to leave that there. So in terms of names, those are my overall recommendations Use of name tags and an alternative way to utilize them. And then the activity, me, you, you, me. There are a lot of name activities out there. So I encourage you to continue to experiment with different name activities that you find. You can always do a Google search and find name activities. And pretty much every single activity book out there has a selection for you to look at. But what I ask you to think of is the purpose. Why do you want to do a name activity? Who does it serve? If it doesn't ultimately serve you or the group, then there is no need to do a name activity. And in some instances, I will not do name activities because I can just organically connect with people because the whole group knows each other. And the only name I need to introduce is my, my own to the group to say who I am. So yeah, thanks once again for that question regarding names. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As a reminder, if you could uh, rate, review and follow the podcast, that certainly helps. Share it with any people you know who might find this valuable. And please continue to reach out if you have any questions for me. I am always happy to answer any questions that anyone sends. Stay safe, stay connected, and I will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs>